We welcome in Joe O'Donnell, Minnesota Wild play-by-play man. Joe, you're with Kevin Carius on Sports 1440. Good morning. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for hopping on here. Uh, we're pretty fired up to see a Minnesota Wild roster today here in Edmonton that has seemed to really, um, you know, come on of late and uh, and really, you know, kind of pushed itself into the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, our co-host on Thursdays, Ladislav Schmid, has been uh, banging the Wild roster drum for a, a long time, saying Minnesota is a, is a team that has to be reckoned with uh, when you look at the, the two wild card positions. What's kind of been the turnaround here since the coaching change uh, for the Wild, Joe? Well, I think it's, um, first off, it started with maybe a little bit of confidence for the group. I think they were lacking confidence at the time of the coaching change in late November. Um, you know, the players didn't change, but it just seemed like they played differently uh, when John Hines got here. And and I don't think by any means that Dean Evason had lost the locker room. I really don't. I just think that they were in a rut. Uh, the coaching change seemed to kind of give them that, uh, that initial bump. Uh, some guys started to produce more frequently. The goaltending you know, probably got a little bit better if you look at some of the numbers there. And, and then the team started to roll a little bit. And when you start playing with confidence, as you know, uh, it can go a long way. So I think it was the initial sort of coaching change, maybe a little tweak to the system, some philosophy stuff, but then more than anything, the confidence. And and then, you know, there's highs and lows throughout that, right? It's, you know, been almost 40 games now with John Hines as the head coach. And uh, they've had some injury woes that have, that have hampered the team at times. But I give the wild credit. They were... You know, they looked dead in the water maybe a, even a few weeks back, but have gone on a pretty good run here. Um, Six-game point streak just finally came to an end the other night in Winnipeg, their first regulation loss in a while. And um, they put themselves in a spot now where the last 25 games mean something, and that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Joe O'Donnell with us on Sports 1440. Uh, individually, uh, how impressed have you been with uh, the rookie, Brock Faber, on the blue line? I mean, you know Connor Bedard's likely going to win the Calder, but holy smokes, this guy's been unbelievable this year. Yeah, probably not enough time in the segment to tell you just about how good Brock Faber has been, to be honest. Um, and he, he probably should win the Calder Trophy. But you're right, it's going to be hard to get over the sensation that is Connor Bedard, the, the media hype around him. Like, Brock Faber is going to have to just continue to play at this level the next 20-plus games um, if he wants to even, you know, kind of really contend for it. But, again, Bedard missed so much time that points-wise, they're, they're pretty much equal right now. Mm-hmm. And Faber's top 10 in the league in time on ice for the entire league. And we're talking about a rookie here, obviously. So it's been really impressive. I mean, he logged another 29 minutes the other night in Winnipeg. You can pencil him in for 25-plus minutes every night. He's playing in every situation. This is a kid that didn't get any power play ice time at the NCAA ranks, the University <laughs> of Minnesota. And now, you know because of circumstance and injury and, and such, he got an opportunity on the Wilds power play, and he's been there ever since. So uh, what a great story it's been. Mm. He's a heck of a kid, really good competitor, and uh, he probably deserves a lot more call to recognition to this point than he's than he's already gotten. Yeah, way more, way more, as we're with uh, Joe O'Donnell from the Minnesota Wild play-by-play man. So with, with Jared Spurgeon out, he's a local guy, as you know, is that where that opportunity was allowed for Faber to get, you know, get a little more opportunity, more chance, and he took advantage of it? Yeah, I mean, I think on paper, when you looked at the start of the season, you hoped that Brock Faber would sort of slide in and replace Matt, uh, Matt Dumba, who the Wild would have probably liked to kept in free agency. He's just didn't have any money due to uh, salary cap things, so, you know, situation. So, you know, you thought it would be 
Spurgeon and Middleton, Brodeen and Faber, and those are your top four, and you'd be set. Well, Spurgeon got hurt in the preseason, so he missed the first, I don't know, 15 games of the season or whatever it was, 12 games. Then he came back, and he got hurt again. And it, was just, it was a rough year for Jarek Spurgeon. He's been shut down now for the season, unfortunately, for the wild captain. Um, so that, yeah, has meant a lot more ice time. Somebody needs to step up, and Faber's certainly done that. Matt Boldy is coming on again. Was he is he a guy that would yeah. have benefited the most from the coaching change? But even though he was great under uh, Dean Evison last year, but just a slow start and just picking it up. What, what what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those questions that you know I don't know if there's an answer to it. Um, but yeah, it seemed like the second John Hines took over, Matt Boldy started to score goals. Uh, but he also got hot late last year mm-hmm. um, when Kirill Kaprizov got hurt late last season uh, and the wild were kind of on that playoff bubble. You're thinking, Oh boy, how are they going to, who's going to carry the mail? Uh, well, well, Boldy did that. You know, he was, he was dynamic and he's been dynamic lately and he's been playing with Kaprizov and Jules Erickson Eck the last handful of games. And that line has been, you could argue as good as anyone in hockey um, numbers wise, since they've been put together, they've, you know, their the analytics are there. Their shot attempts are there. They're producing at a high rate. And uh, they're going to have a big test, obviously, tonight in Edmonton. It'll be interesting to see the matchup um, that the Oilers staff mm-hmm. tries to get, you know, to, to get McDavid or Dreisaitl, whoever, you know, what, what Edmonton's thinking from a matchup perspective. But uh, the Kaprizov, Erickson, Eck, and Boldy line has been really, really good for Minnesota. And Boldy's a big reason for that. He's shooting the puck at a super high rate. Uh, he's playing a north, you know, fast game up and down the ice. Not a lot of east-west to his game. And when he's moving his feet, that's really when he's at his best. Joe O'Donnell, Minnesota Wild play-by-play man, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440, our Fountain Tire Puck Report. One of the segments we have, Joe, on our uh, on our show is called uh, Are You In or Are You Out? And one of the questions today was, are you in or are you out on Kirill Kaprizov being uh, one of the most, or being the most underrated superstar <coughs> in the league? Uh I was say, I said I was in because I just think that this guy kind of goes unnoticed a little bit too. But uh, just your thoughts on how he has played so far this year. He had 108 points a couple of years ago, but uh, your thoughts on Kirill? Well, when he's healthy, he's as explosive and dynamic as it gets um, across the NHL, in my opinion. But, you know, again, it's, it's about for him um, staying healthy, right? And, and on top of that, making sure he continues to produce at a clip where this wild team is going to have a chance to get into the playoffs. And, and uh, they, they rely on Kaprizov heavily. Um, but some things have changed for him as well. Like if you, he's gotten more comfortable here in North America. He's talking to the media more now without a translator. Uh, he's taken on more of a leadership role this season for the wild. So I think his game's developing in ways um, maybe even off the ice in, in that respect, becoming more of a leader on this hockey team, becoming more of a face of the team. And that's obviously good for Minnesota, but it's good for the NHL as well. When you have some of your top players that uh, step to the forefront in those situations, it only benefits everybody involved. He is certainly not underrated in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, he's their dynamic game breaker that they this franchise has waited a long time for. Um, maybe not since Marion Gabrick have they had a player that you would pay to see. Uh, and that's no offense to the guys that have come before Kaprizov and in between Gabrick and he, but um, he is that type of player. Uh, you know, he had a, the three-goal, three-assist game against Vancouver the other day, one of just a few players in NHL history. 
um, that have pulled off the a six point game in recent memory. So um, he he is that good. He really is. He gets up and down the rank. His skating, his competitiveness, puck battles. Um, he can shoot it. And his chemistry on the power play with a guy like Matt Zuccarello has really helped Minnesota lately uh, trying to, again, climb up into that wild card picture. Joe O'Donnell with us on Sports 1440. Uh, I had a really good, long conversation uh, with Billy Guerin when he was here for Doug Waits' uh, uh, Hall of Fame honor with the Oilers, Joe. And, you know, I think he's going to be popping a, a bottle of champagne at the end of next year when Parisi and Suter come off uh, <laughs> the dead cap buyout. Uh, and uh, he's almost been doing this roster for several years now with one hand uh, behind his back. Uh, I guess just the roster construction, how impressed have you been with what Garen has had to do with uh, the cards that he's been dealt? Yeah, this comes up a lot, obviously, when you're talking about the Minnesota Wild because they're in a very unique spot, right? And and as you said, it ends after next season. So you have another year of almost $15 million that you just can't spend compared to the other teams if you wanted to. Uh, but the, the one thing that I like and the one thing that's always been sort of the mantra uh, from Bill Guerin and the rest of his staff is they don't care about that. They don't they don't talk about it. They don't use it as an excuse. It's a reality. They put themselves in the spot, but Bill Guerin made those moves because he thought the team would be better for it. And it's hard to argue with them. You know, um, there were things with Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, I think leadership and, and culture-wise in the locker room that just weren't how you build a winner. Um, you know, I don't know enough about it. I wasn't here that long while they were here, so hard for me to really comment too much on it, but the vibe I got is that the organization took a step forward in some of those areas. Obviously, they lost two, you know, Hall of Fame players, you could say, um, and, and the cap ramifications have been hard on the wild to build that roster, like we mentioned, but I think overall, they, they it was a little bit of, uh, had been lifted um, from the locker room, from the leadership group. Like other guys were able to step up and take a hold of this team, like a Jared Spurgeon. And I think the Wild overall are better for it now. Mm-hmm. It's just tough to put together a roster when, you know, imagine another $7 million winger <laughs> and a $6 million defenseman on this team, right? Yeah. They'd be right there at top of the Western Conference most likely. Well, Minnesota right now four points out of a, a wild card spot in the West. A wild play-by-play man Joe O'Donnell uh, with us. So how busy do you think and how active will Bill Guerin be with the trade deadline coming up here in you know a dozen days or so, um, a couple of weeks? But uh, we always hear the name Marc-Andre Fleury as well, bouncing around. So how busy do you think he'll be, Joe? I think he's always busy. I think that's Bill Guerin and his nature is to be aggressive. Um Kind of back to that last question, like he doesn't make an excuse for where they're at. Uh, he wants to win every night from a GM perspective. there's I don't think the word rebuild is in his vocabulary. Um, so I, I think that the Wild will make some moves. Um, you know, they have with Spurgeon going on the LTIR. They have some cap space now. Um, do they try to add a defenseman? I, I would think so. Uh, they did claim Je- uh, Declan Chisholm off waivers from Winnipeg. He's played the last couple games for Minnesota. He's played pretty well. I think ultimately the Wild will try and acquire a defenseman. You know, Flurry, from everything we gather through media reports, is going to control his own destiny. Like, if he feels the Wild have faded out of the race in the next couple of weeks, he might say, yep, I want to go to a contender and keep my playoff streak intact and try and win another Stanley Cup. Um, the other the other card in all this is Pat Maroon. Mm-hmm. Right? He was acquired by Minnesota in the offseason. He's got that Stanley Cup winning pedigree with the three cups. 
all kinds of experience. He's injured right now, recovering from back surgery. Um, he's a guy that the Wild could move. I don't know what you get for, for a Pat Maroon, especially coming off an injury. But if the Wild, again, feel like they're in a spot where, you know, moving Maroon for an asset is better than, you know, inserting him back into the bottom six and trying to compete for a wild card spot, I think that could be a move you see as well. What's the timeline on Pat Maroon and also uh, Marcus Felino, Joe? Uh, I'm hoping Felino uh, is back sometime in the next week or so. I don't have confirmation on that. We just know he won't play this weekend. Uh, the Wild do play in Seattle tomorrow after taking on the Oilers tonight. So they got a tough back-to-back uh, with some big points here. So there'll be no Felino and no Zach Bogosian on this two-game trip. He got hurt in Winnipeg. And you want to talk about a sneaky good find for the Wild in November when they were able to, to get him from basically nothing from Tampa Bay. He's played huge minutes for the Wild as this year's moved along. That will be a big loss in the next couple games. Uh, as far as the timeline on Maroon goes, you know, I think they're thinking probably right after the deadline is when he'll be healthy. Um, last year, the Wild actually acquired Gustav Nyquist, mm-hmm. who was recovering from surgery, and he didn't play until the final couple of regular season games. So you can acquire or move a player that is injured um, and then, you know, obviously get him back hopefully in time for the playoffs. So Maroon could be moved uh, even though he's going to be out for at least another few weeks. I don't believe he's been skating or, or anything close to that yet. Uh, one last one for you, Joe. Uh, what's it like working with the great Tommy Reed? Uh, I, I was lucky enough to do uh, Oiler games as a fill-in basis and met Tom many times, ate at the restaurant, because we did a lot of Minnesota games back in the day when uh, no one wanted to do those on, yeah, on the the normal old, TV. the old Northwest Division. <laughs> ah, well, they were they were the pay-per-view games, and back when Jock was coaching the Wild and it was one nothing games, it was mm-hmm. the, those were the games that the networks didn't want and things <laughs> like that. But Tommy's just such a beauty, isn't he? No, well, you said it. You called him the great Tom Reed. That's exactly what he is. Um, you know, I was came up through the, the Wilds minor league system and, and taking over for Tom's longtime partner, Bob Kurtz, who had just an unbelievable broadcasting run in his career. And when he decided to retire, I was lucky enough to, to kind of jump right in. And Tom couldn't have been more welcoming, more hospitable, um, helping me along the way. He is one of the most caring, gentle people. Uh, you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. He's so passionate about the game, even in his 70s, prepares the same way, never misses a game, never misses a morning skate. Um, he is such a great ambassador for the game, uh, really loves his job, and you won't find anybody that's got a bad word to say about Tom Reed. Mm, uh, he's just, yeah, one of the best, and scored that that uh, penalty shot goal. I remember we were talking about it years ago against yep. Kenny Dryden, and that's, well, it's, I don't know, in the 70s, early 70s, so... Uh, he was just, uh, just. I think in, it's the only the only penalty shot goal Ken Dryden allowed in his <laughs> Hall of Fame career. It's, it's just, to the one and only Tom Reed. Yeah, I get just a great, great story. Uh, hey, thanks for your time today, Joe. We'll maybe see you down at the rink tonight for the game. Uh, really appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me.